0: Good morning. Welcome to Westbridge Church. My name is Jeremiah. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's awesome to have you with us. This is our summer schedule. So, uh, this is uh, maybe shifting things up on you here 9 a.m. and 10 30 through the summer, and uh, it's awesome to have you here. I want to say hello to those of you joining us online uh, on our online campus. Great option if you have small children that you prefer to keep with you during the service. Uh, we just ask that you use one of our parent viewing rooms, and uh, that helps us uh, kind of Keep it distraction-free as much as possible in here. And uh, hello to those of you joining us in our cafe, watching us there as well. Uh, We're jumping into a summer series that's always a lot of fun because uh, we invite a bunch of friends, people who have uh, not only some of our overseers at Westbridge, but friends who are pastors from other churches. Some of our staff is going to be speaking this summer. And so we've just got a whole list of different voices that we're going to be hearing from all summer long. Uh, So we're calling the series just Summer Mashup. Uh, it's very similar to a mixtape. And I, I fully recognize that uh, if you don't know what a mixtape is, you're probably under 40. You're like, what the heck is a mixtape, all right? And uh, a mixtape is a, a compilation of different pieces of music all onto one. Maybe first, let's start with what is a tape? Okay, we gotta back this up a little bit. A cassette tape, it's like ribbon and it contains, it's in this reel, okay, you'll, uh, you'll have to look it up. Uh, Google it, okay. Typically, different artists, uh, different songs recorded onto one cassette tape by an individual. And here's what's amazing: like my kids, those of you who are, you know, uh, in your 30s maybe or or younger, you don't even realize how good you have it with Spotify and uh, Apple Music and iTunes and all these things. You can just make a playlist in a few seconds. You just drag and drop your favorite singles into one playlist. It's unbelievable. Uh, for me, this is what we used to have to do because artists did not put out singles. They put out albums. You had to wait till the whole album dropped and then you had to really weigh out. I really liked that one song and the only way to get it is to buy the entire album. And then I got to take the whole album and I got I to push play on this side of the boom box. And then I got I to push record on this side of the boom box and I got to do it at the same time. Because i got to get it just right, and then i got to hit stop right at the end. And if that wasn't bad enough, if you didn't do that, you just had to wait for your favorite song to come onto the radio, and you'd sit next to the record button, <laughs> and then you'd go, yes, there it is, and you'd try to like, not get the DJ's voice at the beginning, and, and then you would just keep that blank cassette tape and just try to <clears throat> get all your favorite songs off the radio. And it is quite the process. And uh, I, I got to tell you, uh, if you were in the 80s, you know that a mixtape could be used for many different things. Uh, exercise, in your favorite leotard. Uh, driving, uh, meditating, studying, dancing, and wooing girls. Uh, that was what I used my mixtape for, wooing girls. And uh, there are all sorts of playlists you can create. When I was growing up, most of my mixtapes consisted of uh, some artists, some uh, Kind of Christian music from the 80s and 90s, Michael W. Smith, DC Talk, and, a, and an artist named Carmen, who I'm sure none of you have ever heard of. But uh, Carmen w- can best be described as a mixture of pop, Broadway, rap, country, rock, soul, and drama. <laughs> so I, I'd encourage you to check that out. And uh, this series is just called Summer Mashup, it's a mixtape of sorts. So each week we're going to hear from different artists bringing their uh, unique voice to our summer. And so we've got guys coming, uh, men and women, this summer speaking uh, from uh, Chicago and from uh, Wisconsin. I know, don't hold that against them. Uh, from, uh, we've got uh, some of our staff are gonna be speaking this summer. Uh, we've got some friends from the Twin Cities who are pastors in other churches speaking this summer. And so it's just gonna be a great summer uh, kind of mashup of um, different voices. And so today I wanna look at the Psalms as we kick off this series as a mashup of sorts on its own. Because uh, uh, unlike other books of the Bible that were written with one author at a certain time in history, the Psalms are actually written by a number of different authors over a a larger period of time. And they're a collection of poetry and songs and different writings that reflect sort of the ups and downs of life's journey. And while most of the Psalms are written by King David, there are also eight or nine other authors spanning about a thousand years. And so they are actually different playlists or mashups within the Psalms. You've got uh, Psalms of Lament and Psalms of Thanksgiving, and there are Psalms of Wisdom and there are Songs of Praise. And uh, there's also a collection of songs known as the Psalms of Ascent. And the reason that they're called that is because uh, these are the songs that the Jewish pilgrims would sing as they made their way up to Jerusalem. And uh, Jerusalem sits on a high point. There would be this ascent up to Jerusalem. And these are the songs that they would sing along the way as they made their pilgrimage. And they would pilgrim to Jerusalem several times a year, oftentimes to bring sacrifices at the temple, uh, to come and offer them uh, to, um, to the Lord uh, the sacrifices there. And they'd go to Jerusalem, they'd make their way up, and they would sing these songs And depending on where you lived, there's a lot of walking that took place. Uh, Think about this. If you lived in Nazareth, uh, Nazareth, it was roughly 65 miles to Jerusalem, and they would walk it. They would be a five- or six-day trip for most people. Uh, If you lived even further north, if you were in Capernaum, uh, it would be a seven- or eight-day trip walking to Jerusalem, Now, a few years ago, we went on a mission trip to um, Bayou La Batre, Alabama. We left here, and we took 60 teenagers in about five different vans, and we drove to Bayou La Batre, Alabama, all the way down on the coast of Alabama. And that took us about two days. I cannot imagine traveling five, six, seven, eight days on foot, walking that far. But most Jews would do this trip two or three times a year. And they would travel together as families. And sometimes larger groups of people from their village would travel together. They would make their way to Jerusalem on this journey together. And here's one of the things that we kind of learn as we, as we read this, uh, this Psalm of Ascent together today is this. It's something we can all identify with. All of us are on some journey in life. All of us have things that, that we're, we're moving toward. All of us are walking towards something. All of us are really in some kind of a pilgrimage. Maybe it's a journey of connecting with God. Maybe you're trying to figure that out, and maybe that's even why you're here. A friend invited you, and you're trying to figure out this whole God thing and this faith thing, and you're like, man, I'll, all right, I'll give it a shot. Maybe it's a, this journey of marriage that you're on, and you're, and you're navigating that, and you're trying to figure out how do we—we're in this season, and we're trying to figure out how to navigate some communication in our marriage or communication with kids— you're in a parenting journey and you're trying to figure out how do I navigate this journey of parenting or, or parenting teenagers, which is a whole different side of parenting. Or uh, maybe you're navigating being single or being single again. Maybe you're navigating how to get your finances in order or trying to just rebuild your life after it's been broken. Or maybe you're in a season of grief or loss. Maybe uh, you're dealing with mental health and you're on that journey and you're trying to figure out how do, I, how do I get healthy in that part of my life. All of us are on a journey of some kind. And here's what's true about every kind of journey, and and we're going to read this psalm together, and I I think this really resonates with us. All of us need help along the way. Like, there's no journey that we take in life that we do on our own, that we can do well on our own. And one of the songs that the Jewish pilgrims would sing, as they would be on this journey and they'd be moving up toward Jerusalem, they would sing the the song of Psalm 121. And they would sing this as they made their way through the hills and through the mountains to Jerusalem. And here's the, the opening phrase of this psalm. I look up to the mountains, does my help come from there? We're all on this journey, and we recognize we all need help along the way. And, and the, the Jewish people would sing, I, I look up to the mountains, this is where we're heading toward, and I look up to those mountains, does my help come from there? And this is an interesting statement followed by a rhetorical question, right? I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? So let me give you a little context here. Even though Jewish people would travel together as families or groups on their way to Jerusalem, it's very common for people to still experience anxiety and fear because of all of the uncertainties and all of the unknowns that are a part of that journey. Traveling through the wilderness on foot was fraught with danger. There's all kinds of things that could happen from wild animals to just uh, inclement weather. I mean, uh, bandits, I mean, people that wanted to rob you. And remember, this is a time period where there's no cars, there's no buses, there's no air conditioning, there's no running water, there's no law enforcement, right? There's no convenience stores or urgent cares or cell phones, no hand sanitizer. A lot can happen when you're on a journey traveling through the hills and mountains. And of course, you, you don't need me to tell you this because as human beings, We can resonate with this. Maybe we don't, you know, travel by foot a whole lot. But we experience anxiety on this journey of life. We experience fear. We experience fear of the unknown. We experience a lot of anxiety around what could be and what might happen and the what ifs and the reason why there are so many unknowns. Right now, you you look at our culture, there's a lot of fear about what's going on with our economy. Uh, Am I going to be able to sustain my way of life? There's a lot of fear and anxiety and unknowns around that. There's a lot of uh, fear and anxiety surrounding a whole bunch of social issues that impact our relationships. Social issues, not only just ideologically, but sometimes those ideologies contrast with people in our lives that we love. And so we're, we're wondering how to navigate some of those relationships and how that's going to impact us long term. And fear is related to racial tensions and political division. Uh, there's fears in the rise of addictions and loneliness and mental health. And there's fear surrounding the future of our kids. All kinds of fear and anxiety. And many of the previous cultures that lived in the nation of Israel worshipped gods on these mountains. And they, they remembered the, the previous cultures that lived there. And they could see as they're walking up to Jerusalem, they could see the other parts of the mountains where the other cultures worshipped their deities, where they offered sacrifices to whatever god they worshipped. And so they look to those parts and they say, I look to the mountains. I look to these other deities. Does my help come from there? I look to where other cultures offered sacrifices to these other gods. Does my help come from there? And it's this rhetorical question. And whenever there is fear, it's natural for us as humans to want to Try to find something or someone that's going to fix the problem we 're by nature we tend to be fixers and and we try as best as we can to identify the solution if we could just listen to the right doctor or the right scientists, if we would elect the right politician, if we would pass the right legislation if if we could just uh, follow the advice of the right author or the right book there 's just got to be one thing that if I could just do this one thing then you know my my anxiety would be solved. If we just invested in the right stocks, uh, if we would just find better therapists or psychologists. And our thinking is just kind of human nature, and and I fall into this as well. uh, My thinking is, if I could just find the right, whatever that is, the right solution, then my fear would go away. And so as the Jewish people make their way up to Jerusalem, they sing this together. They sing this song. I look up to the mountains where there are lots of unknowns and lots of uncertainties and lots of anxiety. I look up to the mountains, possibly even other deities that I could rely on. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? And the implication is, of course not. And the song continues. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The implication is this rhetorical question. I I look up to the hills. I look up to the mountains. I look up where uh, other cultures have worshipped other gods and other deities. I look up where uh, there's all kinds of anxiety and fear of the unknown. And I look up, does my help come from there? No, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. My help doesn't come from the mountains. I'm looking to the one who made the mountains. Uh, My help doesn't come from other gods who stand in the mountains. I'm looking to the one who actually created those mountains. What a game-changing shift in perspective. Wouldn't it be amazing if whenever we're facing fear and uncertainty, if we could get this song into our minds, this song of Psalm 121 that just says, "I, I look at my fear, I look at my anxiety, I look at the unknown. Does my help come from any of that? No, my help comes from the one who created it all. When I'm afraid, I look to the doctors. When I'm afraid, I look to the scientists. When I'm afraid, I look to the authors. When I'm afraid, I I look to the politicians. I look to the CEOs. I look to the economists. I look to the stock market. Does my help come from them? No. Ultimately, my help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. That's a big statement. To think that God created heaven and earth is pretty fascinating. I don't even know if you've uh, ever heard of this uh, biggest Building in the world is called the New Century uh, Global Center in China. It's a massive facility. It's just under 19 million square feet. Huge. 420 acres of floor space. It's four times the size of Vatican City. Think about the, the massive engineering and undertaking to build a building of this size. It's got a couple of hotels, an IMAX theater, a water park, a church, lots of stores and restaurants, and an artificial sun to light and heat the entire thing. It's the largest building in the world It took three years to build That's our biggest accomplishment In terms of structural engineering as human beings Yay, us <laughs> So let me ask you How big and powerful and majestic Do you need to be to create the heavens and the earth? It took us three years To build this building The New Century Global Center Is in a city called uh, Chengdu And uh, it's a city of 16 million people Now, Chengdu is in the country of China Which is just one of 195 countries on this planet. And then this planet is just one of more than 100 billion planets in the Milky Way galaxy. The Milky Way galaxy is 100,000 light years from one side to the other. That means if you turn on a light switch, it will take 100,000 years for the light to reach the other side. That's how big this galaxy is. Just the Milky Way galaxy. And God created all of that. And if you ever doubt God's greatness, you need to do what the Jewish people did. They'd look up at the stars. They'd say, God, you, you created this. They would camp out each evening on their way to Jerusalem and they'd look up at the stars. There are more than 100 billion uh, stars just in our galaxy. Every planet and every star is reminding us that God is big and God is powerful and God is capable. He created it all. And when He did, He didn't strain, He didn't groan, He didn't struggle, He just spoke into existence. When he created light, he said, let there be light. And there was light. And all of a sudden, the universe lit up. Light is fast. It travels at 186,000 miles per second. That is slightly faster than some of you drive to work in the morning. (laughs) And when most of us think of light, we think of the sun. Now think about this. The sun is perfectly placed. It's 93 million miles away from the sun. Like, okay, thanks, professor. Why do we care about that? Well, it's important. If it was 93,000 miles away from the earth, we'd have some problems, right? SPF 50 wouldn't do the trick. And if it were 193 million miles away from the earth, we'd have problems. It would be colder than a Minnesota Vikings reception in Philadelphia. <laughs> we're glad it's where it is. It just sits there, 93 million miles away, a massive uh, energy producing light, producing heat at just the right degree. And the sun is so bright, it's so hot. If center point energy were to run the sun, it would take the gross national product of the United States, right? That's the sum total of all of our wealth as a nation. It would take our, uh, our entire uh, gross national product for seven million years to power the sun for one second. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable when we look at the universe God created, it's so big. We don't measure it with a yardstick, some tape measure from Home Depot. We measure it with a light year. Now well, think about that. That's, that's the amount that light travels in a year, which is 5.88 trillion miles. And that's how we measure the universe. It's this many light years away. That's what scientists and smart people and astronomers use to navigate their way through this vastness of what God has created. And the Jewish people would sing. Does my help come from the mountains? We're, we're making our way up to these mountains. We're making our way up into the, into the unknown. There's unknowns up there. There's anxiety. There's fear. There's, there's a representation of all the other gods and deities of all the previous cultures. But, but God, does our help come from there? Like we're on, this, we're on this journey and we recognize we can't do it alone, but does our help come from there? No. We're looking to the one who created heaven and earth. They remind themselves that God is so big. They remind themselves that God is so vast. They remind themselves of what God's done for them in the past. It's a reminder to each of us. They would sing, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And after coming to that recognition, they they would recognize the same thing that is a reminder for us through this entire psalm. All of us are on this journey. All of us need help along the way. And our help comes from God. He's the one who created heaven and earth. It's just this reminder. And it's it's not groundbreaking revelation. It's not like, I've never heard this before in church. I can't believe you would. It's amazing. You go, this is just this reminder. And here's what's so important is we lose track of this Day to day, week to week, month after month, when we're on the journey, when we're doing the things that are required of us, and we're on our job, and we're in our family, and we're doing all the things that we're just, we kind of get in the minutia of life. And sometimes in that, we forget, and we start to look to the hills for our help. We start to look to the mountains. We start to look at other things and go, okay, where's my help come from? And, And this is just this simple reminder. If we can just get this into our hearts, get this into our spirits, this reminder, our help comes from God. He is the one who created it all. He's so much bigger. He's so much more vast. I look to the mountains, but my help doesn't come from there. I'm looking to the one who made the mountains, the one who created heaven and earth. And the song continues, and they just remind themselves of what God's done in the past. They they speak these words, and they go, God, you, you were faithful here, and you were faithful there. And I wonder what would happen sometimes for you and I if in the midst of our uncertainty, in the midst of our anxiety, in the midst of trying to wonder how do I navigate the challenges that life is throwing at me, if we forget the, the seasons in our past where God has brought us through. And I think sometimes we, we it's so easy for us to forget that. It's, it's, it's easy to focus on what's right in front of us. And what these Pilgrims are doing as they would make their way up to Jerusalem, is they would remind themselves, intentionally remind themselves, of what God has done in their past seasons, of what He's delivered them from, of what He's brought them through, of how He's watched over them, of how He's guided them, of how He's protected them. And they would just remind themselves, oh yeah, God, I look to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No, my help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and earth. And then they would continue, and this is the rest of the song. They'd say, He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you. Will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. Now, think about this. Every day, you and I need between, you know, I don't know, seven, nine hours of sleep on the average human being to refuel and replenish and recharge ourselves. And if we don't do that, we hit a wall, right? In fact, you can remember probably times in your life where you're like, I stayed up a little too late and I paid for it the next day. I remember as a youth pastor doing all nighters and just going, "Oh my gosh, how can anybody live like this?" And that's very humbling. It's a daily reminder for us as human beings that we have limitations. In fact, the world record for the uh, most time without sleep uh, there's a it's questionable. If you talk to Guinness Book of World Records people, there's a hot debate around this. But Randy Gardner, 1964, when Randy was 17 years old, he stayed awake for 11 days and 25 minutes without nodding off. That's impressive. It's, it's pretty remarkable, and uh, it kind of messed with them a little bit, as you can imagine, because we need sleep. There's a story in the, in the Hebrew uh, Scriptures, in, in the Old Testament, what we, what we call the Old Testament, and it's a, it's a narrative, it's a historical narrative about something that took place with the nation of Israel and the prophet Elijah. And uh, the, there were these other gods that were worshiping. Uh, the, the, the nation of Israel was led astray. Their kings started to worship other gods. And one in particular was named Baal. And they had 450 prophets. And Elijah kind of challenged them to a, a duel, a duel of sacrifices. And he said, let's just uh, create altars, put a sacrifice on the altar, but we won't light the sacrifice with fire. We'll pray to our gods to light the sacrifice and so the gods of Baal prayed and prayed and prayed. And in the midst of their prayers, nothing's being lit. And he starts to mock them. And one of his mockings is this. He says, perhaps your God has fallen asleep. Maybe he's taken a nap. Maybe he just got tired and, he, and he, you know, he hit the snooze button one too many times. And he just isn't listening to you because he's sleeping. And that's a part of their history. So now they're singing this song. Our God never slumbers. Our God never sleeps. The song of ascent reminds us God never takes a nap. He's never nodded off. Uh, Throughout all of human history, he's wide awake. He's fully aware of what's happening and unfolding in our world. And then the song continues. And it says, the Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. God watches over you. He watches over me. He has understanding of us. His understanding of you and me is limitless. He knows all about us. He knows our strengths and our weaknesses. He knows our thoughts and our fears and our insecurities. He knows all of our problems. He knows what brings us joy. He knows what breaks our hearts and what devastates us. He knows who is for us and who is against us. He knows the pitfalls that are in our path. He knows every decision that we make and the results of those decisions. He knows what is best for us. He knows what is destructive for us. God knows all about us and God watches over us and he never slumbers and he never sleeps and he never snoozes. He's never unaware. Now think about how powerful it is for the Jewish people as they traveled to remind themselves of God's faithfulness to them in the past. God, you are the one. You are the one who delivered us. God, you are the one who is, uh, you've never slept, you've never slumbered. You always bring us through, you, you protect us. You're our protective shade And multiple times throughout Israel's history, different tribes and different people groups and different nations and different empires have tried to crush them. Throughout throughout the history of the nation of Israel, and not just one person here or there, but the entire nation of Israel has been a target. And it's never worked. Now, there certainly have been long seasons where the Jewish people have been scattered, but they've never been annihilated. This nation is just a little bit bigger than New Jersey on a map has somehow survived thousands and thousands of years of difficulty and challenges. And so the Jewish people would sing the song. They would remind themselves, the Lord watches over us. The Lord stands beside us. The Lord is our protective shade. He sees us, we are not forgotten. And then the song continues. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go. Both now and forever. Now, this is a little challenging, right? Because every day in this journey called life, we're faced with uncertainty. How, how do I navigate my loneliness? How how do I get through the changing season in my marriage? How do I overcome my addictions? How do I get past this grief or this loss? How do I deal with this next season? How do I fix my personal finances or care for my aging parents or navigate this time with my kids or improve my career or manage my anxiety or improve my mental health? There's all these questions that all of us deal with on a regular basis. The bigger the mountains are in life's journey, the more challenges and unknowns that we face. And the easier it is to try to find ways to numb our fear and numb our uncertainties and numb our anxieties. And so we do this in many different ways that we sort of self-medicate uh, maybe it's with, you know, we take a walk or we hit the gym. We just work out extra hard. I'm just going gonna, gonna to f- focus all that energy into working out. Or maybe you just binge TV. Average American watches about five hours of television a day. That is mind-blowing. Maybe you swing by the liquor store. Maybe you do online shopping, a little retail therapy. Thank you, Amazon. Maybe uh, you overwork. And you try to excel and achieve more and acquire more and accumulate more, or get that promotion. So I'm just, that's what I'm gonna, I'm gonna pour all my energy into that. That helps me to sort of self-medicate from whatever this season is that I'm navigating or, or maybe you just log into social media and you just scroll and scroll and scroll and after a couple of hours realize I'm scrolling through vacation pictures of somebody that I don't even know. Because that's how social media works. Or maybe you yell at your kids or you snap at the people that are closest to you or maybe you overeat or overstress. Maybe you read kind of all kinds of books and try to figure out the solutions to all of the problems that you're facing. I, whatever it is, all of us have this tendency to, to, to lean in one direction to sort of self-medicate. And when that doesn't work, oftentimes then we go to God and we, and we complain to God and we say, God, here, here's my problems, here's the things I'm dealing with, here's the mountain that's in my way. And as humans, we are inundated with so many self-help books and so many podcasts and and we've been brainwashed to believe that when we are faced with mountains and uncertainty and anxiety that we are the best source of fixing our own problems. And my tendency is to look to things that have been created, to look to things uh, that I think will offer all the solutions to the things that I'm facing. But this psalm encourages us. Don't go to God and tell him how big your mountain is. Go to your mountain and remind it how big your God is. God is big. He created heaven and earth. He's bigger than that mountain. He's bigger than the anxiety. He's bigger than the unknown. He's bigger than anything that you can face. And when we read these verses, the Lord keeps you from all harm. It's easy to think, well, that's not true. I've been putting my trust in God and I've still experienced harm in my life. But it's important for us to understand the way that the Jewish people would have read and this and really the way they would have sung this song. Their understanding wasn't that, oh, God is going to prevent me from all harm. Their understanding is God is going to preserve me in the midst of it. That means this song is not a promise that harm would never hit them, but it is poetry. It is a poetic way to remind them that God is with me and I can trust him in the midst of whatever I go through. No matter what I am facing, that he will be with me. That no matter what I'm facing, I can put my trust in him to preserve me, to sustain me, that he will walk with me through it. And that looks different for each of us, depending on what season you're in. Sometimes it means he gives us wisdom to navigate life's challenges. Sometimes it means he surrounds us with people that just encourage us. That, that all of a sudden you have a group of people who are just Jesus with skin on, and they show up in your life at just the right moment, at just the right time. Sometimes it means he gives us strength to endure what we're going through. And you go, man, I don't even know how I have the strength to go through this, but I'm I'm able to somehow withstand this season that I'm going through. Sometimes he heals or provides or does something supernatural. Not always, but sometimes God does that. Sometimes it means he convicts of sin and he redirects our path. It looks different in every season. And I can tell you, when we started Westbridge Church in 2006, this was our first kind of like getting together with a group of friends going, hey, we think we're going to start a church. What do you think? Huh? Huh? And it was just a dream. It was just an idea. We didn't have resources. We didn't have facilities. Didn't have people. <laughs> That's kind of a big deal. But we just said, okay, God, there's a whole bunch of unknown here. There's a whole bunch of anxiety. I, I don't know how this thing's going to get off the ground. I don't know how we're going to pay our bills. I don't know how, uh, why people would show up to this. I don't know... Uh, there's so many unknowns. Well, where does my help come from, God? It comes from you. So we're gonna we're gonna keep moving forward, and God, we're gonna trust that you never slumber, that you never sleep. I'm not gonna look to the challenges in front of me. I'm gonna look to the one who created heaven and earth, God. If this thing's gonna go, then you've got to be the one that makes it go. And every step of the way, when we stepped into our fears, we've experienced this reality over and over and over again. God is our helper. God is the one who makes this go. My prayer, every, every single week, my prayer at Westbridge Church is this, that when people leave Westbridge Church, they would not go, wow, I really love Westbridge Church. My hope is that Westbridge falls into the shadows and that people walk away and go, wow, I love Jesus more. Wow, they, they pointed me to God. They pointed me to this God who loves me and cares about me. Westbridge Church is just, it's just a tool. It's just a vehicle I I never want people to be in love with Westbridge Church. I want people to fall more and more in love with Jesus. And that's the goal. And so this song is so helpful. God, in, in the midst of all the unknowns, we look to you. And from day one, God's been our helper. From day one, every single week, Things happen in people's lives, not because of us, but because of him. He's brought people together. In every season of this church, he's brought people together. He's moved on the hearts of individuals to sacrifice financially and and to give out of what he's entrusted to them and so that we can continue to grow and, and invite more people. Every single season, he's sparked vision in people who step up to volunteer and serve in all of the different areas across this church. He's opened doors for us to build facilities, welcome more people. He's created bonds and relationships between people. So that we have support systems and, and, and God shows up in our lives. And every season we have people step up and lead and serve. Every hurdle that we've faced, time and time and time again, every challenge that we've encountered, he's brought the right people together to lead through difficult times. Several years ago, I've told this story a couple of times, but several years ago we were in a building and we were renting a school and the school district was shutting down rooms due to financial concerns. And they were shutting down the rooms that we were meeting in. They're like, you can still meet in the school, but we're closing most of it down. You're going to have this room to meet in. we were like, what are we going to do? We thought, let's just, let's call this other church that's meeting in a different school, and let's see if they'll just switch schools with us. That'll happen. And before we could even call, this is uh, still amazing to me. The next day, I ran into that pastor at a store. Here in town. And he goes, Oh, hey, by the way, we're voting this Sunday to move out of that school, and I think it would be a good fit for you guys. And I was like, Dude, let me know how that vote goes. <laughs> like, that sounds, I mean, it's, I don't know, we might be interested. We'll see. <laughs> and before I could even call him, Monday, I get a call from the school district, and they go, Hey, this church is moving out. Would you guys ever consider moving to this other school? And I said, "Uh, if it will help the school district, we'd be happy to consider it. And within two weeks, we were having service at a different location. I say that to say this. We really were up against it. We had no idea what was going to happen next. Life was full of unknowns in that season. And every season along the way presents those same types of challenges. You're sitting today, right now, in a building that sits on land that is our 27th attempt to purchase property. (laughs) You talk about some unknowns, okay? And then once we purchased this land, we had to deal with the Army Corps of Engineers for about 12 months. You talk about some unknowns. We're waiting to see, can we like, what do we do with that stream? And I I don't know. And every step of the way, you just go this. Okay, God, I look to the mountains. I, I look to the field that we're in. Does my help come from there? Nope. My help comes from the one who created that field. God, I, I, I look to, the, I look to the, the community and does my help? Nope. My help comes from the one who created heaven and earth. God, I don't know where we're going to meet. I don't know how we're going to be able to afford to build. I don't know how we're going to buy land. I don't know where we're going to go next. So many unknowns. Do I look there? Nope. My help comes from the one who created it all. And every season along the way. I, I, it, it blows my mind still. Every single season. There, there's so many unknowns. There's so many, like, especially if you're sitting in the audience right now and you're, you're going, man, I got some questions about this place. Listen, me too. <laughs> okay? I, I, I probably, you're like, I got like 15. I'm like, I got like 80, all right? But where does, where does my confidence come from? Where does my help come from? Where, how do I know that I just, we're gonna move forward? My help comes from God who made heaven and earth. He created it all. With his voice, with the with spoken word, everything that you see, everything that you can touch and feel and experience was created by him. And so I gotta put my trust in the one who created heaven and earth. So what are the challenges that you're facing during this next season? What are the challenges that you're facing that this next season you know is gonna bring your way and you look up at this upcoming season of your life and you go, man, I, there's so many unknowns in that. There's so much anxiety. There's so much that I'm wondering about. There's so many what ifs. And it's got me in a space in my own mind. It's got me in a space with my, just my, my thinking that I'm filled with anxiety. I'm, I'm filled with like trying to navigate what comes next. What are those mountains that are causing you to feel fear and anxiety in your life? And what if when you feel overwhelmed with what's in front of you, you remember the words of this ancient song? I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. In this next season whatever you're facing this summer, whatever you're facing this year, whatever you're facing this week, may you remember the words of this song and may it fill you with confidence and may it remind you of all that God has done in the past as you look into the future. And maybe you've never even considered finding hope in God. Maybe that isn't something that crossed your mind. I want to invite you to put your hope, to put your trust in the God who created you and the God who loves you. See, all of the things that we face as human beings, a lot of that is rooted in the brokenness that comes from being in a broken world. And from the very first human beings to every one of us, God designed us to live in loving community with him and with one another. And then we said, "Ah, thanks God, I got this. I think I'll do it my way. And oftentimes as a result of that, it causes brokenness between us and God and us and each other. And so at the right time in human history, God sent Jesus into the world to show us what God is like, to show us that God loves us, to restore that brokenness. And all he asks us to do is say, okay, I'm gonna put my trust in Jesus. And Jesus says, this is what it looks like to love one another, to, to be in community, loving community with God and each other. And in the ultimate expression of love, he allowed himself to be put to death. His body was laid in a tomb. And according to multiple eyewitness accounts, Jesus overcame death. And so here's the promise for you and the invitation for you and I, that death is, uh, there's more to this life than this life. Death is not the end. And you've been invited to be a part of God's family forever. And it isn't something that's based on what you've done or haven't done. It's based on what God has done for you. And I want to invite you, if you've never said yes to that invitation, you can say yes today. And you don't have to earn your way. You don't have to behave your way. You can just say, you know what? I want to find my hope in God as my source. I want to put my trust in Jesus to have a relationship with God. And you can do that by just saying yes to this prayer as we close. God, please forgive my sins. Forgive me for the times that I've walked away from you, and I'm so grateful that you never walk away from me. And so I want to say yes to your invitation. Make me your son, make me your daughter, and help me to follow you in your way of living life as best as I know how from this moment on. And God, for every one of us, we all face seasons of uncertainty. We all face unknowns, and we experience the anxiety that comes from that and the fear of the what-ifs. And I pray that whatever we're facing next, may we be reminded of the words of this song. Do I look to the mountains? Do I, do I look to the unknowns? No, I'm going to look to the one who created heaven and earth. And may it remind us of your past faithfulness, and may it give us a confident hope for the future. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen.